Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. everyone this is david welcome back behind the velvet rope let's just get right into it today because we are joined by lawyer host of the holding court with ebony k williams podcast and executive producer and host and ep of the revolt black news with ebony k williams and author we welcome ebony k williams Woo! what's up david so good to see you love thank you for doing this how are you today let's just start right there You know, I appreciate that question. And I actually just recorded Holding Court before our conversation. And I said that I'm going to start just taking that that question of how are you doing more literally. And in this moment, I feel good. I feel good. Uh, That's good to hear. I'm glad. And yeah, I mean, like everyone asked that, but you know, then people don't really want to hear the answer, right? Like it's something we ask and it's like, we want like a real answer, right? Yeah. If you would ask me, Last night, not so good, not so much. But today, this morning, I chose to wake up and just be in a good space. So, yeah. Well, I am glad that you're in a good space to chat with me today. You know, speaking of that, so look, you have this extensive background in media. You work for Fox News. You work for CBS News. Mm -hmm. I'm a lawyer, too. So you're a lawyer. You've, you know, been in private practice, public defender. Mm -hmm. You've worked with, like, homicides and rapes, drugs, clients. Mm -hmm. I mean, did all of this prepare you for what is Housewives? (laughs) In some ways, yes. And then there's things, as you know, because you've been covering, you know, the the crazy world of Bravo and Housewives for a long time. In some ways, you know, there's really nothing that can can adequately prepare you for some aspects of this world. But there are some transferable skills, I will call them, right? Which is, you know, I think the most important one is listening. I think any good lawyer will tell you it's as important to listen as it is to talk because there's so much to be gained in understanding and how and and preparing for your own argument or positioning by listening people will give you so much if you just shut the f up and listen and that has been i think a really valuable tool in my rony experience i think another one is you know the ability to really self reflect And, you know, check myself for, you know, opportunities for growth. I think, you know, going into practice as a young litigator, I started practicing really young. I was only 23. And, you know, you you know how it is. You come out of law school and you think you're a superhero and you pass the bar and you think you're the shit. And then, you know, you get gut checked real fast um, by judges, by other litigators, by your clients. Uh, And I think the humbling of that. Um, in the early part of my legal career gave, gave me a, a, a level of self-awareness that makes my transition to being a housewife really valuable. You know, I don't come into this space with any 
presumptions of authority or this, like you got to figure this shit out as you go, you know? And just because I have this esteemed career in these esteemed spaces doesn't really mean shit when it comes to navigating an entirely different world, such as being a housewife. I could see all of that, but certainly, you know, like three years learning argument skills and how to argue and deal with people that's got to come in valid. That's, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Like you said, yeah, we're classic as lawyers. There is a classical training in the art of oral argument. That is what, like, there's literally, you, I think, what, first year, we, we all take a semester in just that, you know? Yeah. And I also, you know, light flex, I was like Miss Moot Court. I was, you know, on our school's national Moot Court team. Like, that's really my bag, you know? And so I, I am classically trained in the art of argument. Um, and also, you know, it's a little bit of my gift, David. You know, there's a little bit of just spiritual gift that, that comes along with that aspect of my ability. And I'm grateful. I love it. I always tell my friends, like, listen, don't argue with a lawyer. You're probably not going to win. Like, we're, we're trained at this, honey. Yeah. Did you have any reservations in joining Roni? Just, you know, coming from a legal world and, like, the media, mm-hmm. like, did you have any reservations? Yeah, all my colleagues from news and even law thought I was cray-cray. Uh, and I get it. I mean, it, it is a, it, the brand is strong when it comes to Real Housewives and, and, it, and a lot comes with it, right? But yeah. another, you know, kind of classical training um, from our, our legal background is the art of risk assessment, right? So there's, 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 anytime you make a decision, you're taking some kind of risk. I'm very well aware of what my risks were around coming into this, this world of, of Bravo and Real Housewives. And that's risk around like, what does the rest of my career look like? And what, are, what will people think of me? Will that overshadow the rest of my work? But then there's so much reward too. There's so much visibility on this platform. It's unlike anything else. I think in the space, I really do. Um, I think there's also so much opportunity to show who I am, David, beyond just sitting at a news desk. Um, And I'm proud of that work and it's important work, but it's very limited um, in who the world gets to see I am, right? As a woman, as a friend, as a a woman who's on a journey for love and family and motherhood and all the, all the great personal aspects of who I am. And you don't get to show that in a lot of other platforms. And what is unique, I think, to being a real housewife is you really get to show this like 360 purview of all these aspects of your identity and your womanhood. And so I, I felt those opportunities out and, and not for nothing. There's never been a black woman on Roni. You know, never in 13 years. So, and I'm a Roni fan and I, I say it without apology. I, I, I know how some people like to get on Housewives and act as if they've never seen an episode ever in life. And maybe, but sis, what I would never, David, I'm sure you would never like join. We wouldn't go to a firm that you haven't like checked out what the situation is before you get there. So it's the same thing that applies to this. Totally. And I totally appreciate it. And that's one of the reasons why I personally appreciate watching you on the show. Like, you know, you're honest and you're open. And I don't know how you could live in New York and not say that you understand what Roni is or you've watched it or you know of it. You know, yeah. I mean, this is everywhere. It's an institution and it's a pretty cool one. And it's one I'm really grateful and humble to be a part of. But yeah, they've never had a Black woman. They've yet to have a Latino. Like there's just such a lack of diversity and women of color. And we know New York City's 29% Latina, 25% Black American. So it's like, how how amazing is it to be able to step into this um 
like this historic legacy, which is Roni, and for the very first time, bring a little bit of that flavor, a little bit of that lens, a little bit of that um, experience. And it's been, it's been really my honor. And I imagine like that factored into your decision too. I mean, it wasn't the whole part of it, but that was part of it. It's a big part, David, though. I will be clear, a big part of it. I think if that part of the experience wasn't um, a part of the equation, it would have changed the calculus for me a lot. Interesting. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. What about, you know, we've seen like in the beginning, you know, we saw Ramona, you know, be overly gracious to you. And we saw Sonia, you know, make a reference to her koi that her, she has diverse koi fish. (laughs) I didn't even know there was such a thing as diverse koi fish. You know, like, did you expect like those type of situations and like, what goes through your mind when something like that happens when like a Sonia says, these are diverse koi fish. Okay, so this is where watching the show is helpful, right? I know enough to know Sonia Morgan. You, you're never going to know what you get with Miss Sonia Tremont Morgan, baby. And what I've now learned is that's the best thing about her, you know, is like, you, honey, anything's liable to come out of that mouth. Um, so I was like, okay, okay, that's what we're doing now. Like, okay, body diversity. Like, and you see me like kind of go along with it a little bit. Like, okay, I can, I can get into this vibe. That's fine. And, you know, I appreciate it. So you tell me it's just quirky like that. And she can be like ridiculous like that. And sometimes, and, and sometimes that's just a part of, of her charm. Um, And so just kind of feeling that out was, was something I was prepared for. With Ramona, I I didn't know which way she would go. Like, I didn't know if she would be overly gracious, which she ended up being, which was cool in the beginning, or if she would be extremely standoffish. You know, Ramona is a mood, honey, you know, and, and, and she can go the way the wind takes her. So I had no expectations. And also one thing that was made very clear to me by other women, um, veterans in other franchise and other even Bravo shows like Dr. Simone Whitmore, um, who is just been so wonderful and such a big sister and mentor to me during this experience over at Married to Medicine. She said, you know, Ebony, even though you think you know these women because you've seen them on television, please believe you have seen a fraction of these women. And so do yourself the favor of when you go on and you start this journey, allow for authentic connection to develop. And to do that, you kind of have to control, alt, delete everything you think you know because of what, what you saw in season three or season six or forget all that. She's like, literally push it out of your mind and walk into that town hall, which, you know, was the first scene. And she's like, and, and meet them for the first time because you really are meeting them for the first time and do yourself and them that favor of like honoring the authenticity of that. And it was very helpful. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. We all have uncompromising standards in so many aspects of our lives. Listen, I love to eat healthy and I try not to eat junk food. And when I go on vacation, I'll admit it. I like staying in really nice hotels. It makes a difference. So why would I and why should you skip out on quality where we spend a third of our lives sleeping? 
Since I have turned to bowl and branch sheets, I cannot tell you what a better night's sleep I am getting. The husband and wife team that started bowl and branch realized there were no sheets on the market that met their standards for quality. So what did they do? They created their own. These sheets are so super soft. They're expertly crafted. They're smooth and they are so lightweight. I cannot tell you the organic cotton makes them feel so lightweight. Now, all of that is great, but you guys know me. I wouldn't use these sheets if they didn't look a certain way. The look is phenomenal. It's very classic. I say simple elegance. And right from the minute the package arrives, it has this gorgeous white bow on it. It's just a five-star experience all the way. I love these sheets. I sleep better and I will never turn to another sheet brand, Bowling Branch. So listen, to experience an entirely new standard of comfort, visit bowlandbranch.com. Get 15% off your first set of sheets with a promo code VELVET. That's B-O-L-L and branch.com promo code velvet start sleeping better in lightweight smooth luxurious sheets tonight that is really good advice based on that who shocked you the most then based on you know watching and having preconceived notions who shocked you the most out of these four sonia morgan shocked me the most and it wasn't the townhouse first episode. She shocked me because as you're seeing in real time, like where we are right now, episodically by episode, but this Hamptons trip is where Sonia Morgan started. I started to see Sonia and she started to see me. I'll tell you where I think it really started. It was in the sprinter when we were all going to the wine tasting and you know, I don't know any of these women that well other than Leah. So I'm getting to know them and I'm listening to this conversation between Lou and Sonia. And it's kind of breaking my heart, you know, that Lou is just really coming for this woman who clearly to me is suffering from brokenheartedness and sadness around loss of love, loss of her marriage, all these different things. And Lou is just really coming for, for, for the jugular, you know, calling her, you know, a one night stand, small brained, all this. I'm like, child. Now I don't know what went down, down with the Toms and the this and the Harry's and it ain't my business. But what I do know is even if she, you know, gave him a blow job on fifth Avenue, she's a grown ass woman and she gets to do that without her friend of 20 years. That's what y'all told me y'all were shaming her around that and making her feel even worse than she clearly already feels. It's like kind of kicking a hurt dog, you know? And it wasn't about protecting Sonia. I want to be clear at that point because I didn't know her that well. It was just about, for me, David, doing what I felt like morally was the right thing to do, which was support. And you you know what? This is probably the lawyer in, in me too, right? This is the naturally trained advocate that says when someone can't like use their words because they're you know caught up in a in a sad emotional state. Let me offer up my advocacy skills to to use my words for them. And if it had been Luann that was being called small brained and a one night stand and a side piece of low value, I would have done the same thing. So it didn't matter like who the woman that was being picked on was. It's just you just don't do that to another woman. So I think Sonia was like, well, this woman who doesn't really know me that well sees me, sees my value, is articulating that on my behalf, 
Then, you know, fast forward to the, the breakfast at Tiffany's dinner. And I just can't even tell you how much fun Sonia and I had down there at the end of the table, just kiki and all night together, just being ridiculous. Um, like what you, I said something about a big, Biggie Pock to Heather. I was like, you know, it's like a Biggie Pock feud. And Sonia's like, pack, pack, pack. I'm like, Tupac, Shakur. like, she's just so ridiculous. And it's so much fun. And then you'll see in tonight's episode, I'm not really sure when this conversation is going to air, David, but you'll see in episode six, where we just like start seeing each other on a very spiritual level. And I just decide I want love for Sonia Morgan. I want love for her. I want Sonia to realize how I see her, which is as a woman in her prime with everything good in front of her and not behind her. Um, And I just want to support my new friend in her journey towards something amazing in front of her. That's amazing. And it did seem like you guys were having so much fun down at that. Oh, child, it was a key key of the highest level. So fun. This is how I watch Ronnie. I'm like jealous the whole time. I'm like, I wish I was there. I wish I was there. And like any of these scenes, what about you mentioned like Dr. Simone Whitmore, like has anyone else reached out to you like from the Bravo world, either like, you know, before to give you advice or now that it's airing, you know, that you've heard of that you've just kind of totally bonded with or like what type of advice have you gotten? Wait, I have another question. Is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? For me, listen, I love being the host of the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast, but bringing you guys five shows a week, tracking down the top Bravo celebrities to bring you new creative content every day, that causes me stress. It causes me anxiety. I'm not even going to get into the lack of sleep or lack of a relationship. So- I needed somewhere to turn. And for me, I turned to BetterHelp. I love BetterHelp because it's professional counseling right from the comfort of your own home. What they do is they match you with a licensed therapist who is a professional that fits your needs and the things that you want to talk about. So you may not have the same issues as I do. They also deal with LGBTQIA issues anger, grief, trauma. If you are having relationship issues, if you're in a relationship, good for you. I'm not. They really deal with everything and everything you share is confidential. So I cannot stress how much because of this job that I love so much, it has caused me some issues and better help really is a lifesaver. Right now, if you guys also want to start living a happier life, as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash velvet rope. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash velvet rope. BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Velvet Rope. And as a listener, you guys get 10% off your first month. Try it. I promise you, you are going to feel so much better once you talk to one of their licensed professional counselors. And listen, so many people have been using BetterHelp. They're actually recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. DM me. Let me know how it goes. This has been a lifesaver for me. Yeah. So now that we're airing and, you know, frankly, the content of our episodes, which is so steeped in culture and, and some race and some uh, generational, you know, differences and stuff, I've, I've kind of formed a sisterhood within a sisterhood because I think all of us housewives, for better or worse, are in a sorority of sorts, right? It's kind of the thing that, uh, and I am a proud member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, and it's the, literally the same in the sense that 
I could tell you about being an AKA David. You really can't understand it until you are one. I think it's like that for housewives. You know, people can tell you about it. They can give you advice until you start filming. And then really until you start seeing it air and, and go through a reunion, which I've yet to do. Like you have to experience it to really understand it. So for better or worse, only the hundred plus so handful of women that have done that will understand each other around this, this, this subculture and this incredible world. So there's that sorority. And then there's this little sorority within a sorority that has been formed between myself, Crystal Kong Minkoff on Beverly Hills, Dr. Tiffany Moon on Dallas, and of course, Miss Garcelle Bouvet on Beverly Hills. And I think it's obviously because we are all women of color who in respective ways have integrated historically white cast. Um, and it's a very unique experience. And, you know, we've all volunteered to do it and we do so with gratitude and opportunity, but it, it has a cost, you know, a very real emotional cost that comes along with this particular uh, journey. And it's been so wonderful. I cannot tell you, like, I, I, I feel so close to these women um, because we have sh- such a shared and all of our experiences are different. I want to be super clear about that. Everybody's, you know, dealing with a different thing and a different issue and a different challenge. But we all, I think, are just really holding space for each other's experiences and loving on each other. And, you know, literally beyond just social media, texting directly, getting on the phone, like old school and, you know, talking and talking through this stuff with love. Do you get invested then, you know, like when you watch like a Tiffany Moon at the reunion for Dallas, like, and she might be going through something or Garcelle is going through something like, you know, two weeks ago or whatever. I'm just picking it out at random. percent, David. Like I was so invested and still am, um, particularly in what is uh, transpiring right now between Sutton and Crystal. Um, and I got to tell you, I'm seeing even parallels um, that are really educational for me. Like what Crystal said, I think this was in her confessional about, you know, kind of the difference in the way Sutton views like her in a like her her choice to not see color, right? And 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 live in this kind of colorless utopia. Crystal's right. I, th- I think that that is a bit generational. And I didn't I didn't perceive it that way when I, when when Lou and I were, you know, going through our dilemma around it you know and I I forgot that there was an era in our country where that was the gold star that was the gold standard um of of inclusion and and sensitivity was to say I don't see color I I don't see you as a black woman I don't see you as an Asian woman I just see you as a woman now of course as Crystal said accurately very outdated in fact problematic because if you don't see my color and you don't see my culture and my experience as a Black woman in the United States of America, in most important ways, you don't see me because it is such a massive p- part of my pride and my energy and my existence um, in really beautiful, positive ways as well. And so, yeah, all that to say, I really learned from my new friend, Crystal, in her analysis there. So I'm very invested in what's going on in these other franchises. And then you learned and you had like a different perspective, like on what happened bit. between you it, and Luann. It gave me a little more grace on that part of the issue. I want to be clear. Not all, not all the issue, honey. There's a lot more going on. But that part of it, that knee jerk to say, because, um, you know, things that weren't aired, that was said to me as well. You know, like, I don't see you, your color. And I didn't mention that. And I don't even see, I mean, it was said to me at some point, I don't even see you as a black woman, you know, um, 
I just see you as another pretty smart woman. And I knew it was meant as a compliment, but I also knew it felt incredibly painful and it felt like an erasure, right? Of such a, uh, 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 a compelling and important part of my identity. But per Crystal's analysis, I was able to give some grace around that. Interesting. And then to your point, you know, we're in the thick of this and we have more coming up. This inter this exchange with Luanna, this has caused you to make your announcement that you've taken some time off of social media. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, how, which I mean, pains me because I do follow your every move on social media, Ebony. So, but I will, this is not about me and I will step back. <laughs> I love it. I will let you have your much needed space, but was that like a hard decision? Like what prompted that decision? You know, it was, it was hard and it was easy. It was hard in the sense that like yourself, you know, we're talkers, we're thinkers. We want to be a part of the narrative. And obviously I knew when these episodes landed as has come to pass, there was going to be a lot of conversation and it was going to hit the national discourse. Um, and it has, and, and we'll continue to do more so once episode six drops. I mean, they were literally talking about it on The View um, and I think having a very robust and important conversation about a couple of the issues, um, our episodes spotlight. And it was cool too, because, you know, I used to work with Megan McCain at Fox News. And as she graciously mentioned, we were often um, very uh, competent sparring partners. Um, and, you know, the nature of the work we did there didn't allow for a lot of just kind of warm, fuzzy connection because um, we were doing very, very high stakes work. But it was really nice to hear my former colleague, Megan McCain, be so um, just warm and gracious around her experience with me professionally um, and personally. And, and more importantly, again, having this amazing discourse amongst women around these issues um, of stereotype and microaggression and really just womanhood in general. Um, so what was hard was staying out of those conversations, right? Because that's what I chose to do by extracting myself from the social media. So I was like, oh, I want to say this. I'm thinking this. But knowing more important than my personal prerogative around this stuff at this point is creating the space for there to be a much needed debrief um, that extracted me as an individual because it's so not about me, David. This is not about me. And to be clear, this is not about Luann. This is about a much bigger need for women of color and our white sisters to get to a more truthful, authentic place of coexistence and, and beyond even coexistence, which I think is such a minimal standard, right? Um, to a place of really understanding, seeing, and celebrating each other um, in those differences and those cultural uniquenesses that I think make us so special and amazing towards each other. Um, so that part was hard. What was easy was to take the break to choose me to choose me over the chaos, to choose me over um, the scrutiny, to choose me over the snark and some of the, the dark, ugly places that we know social media can go. And seeing the young titan Naomi Osaka choose herself with much higher stakes than my platform, it really um, just affirmed that it was the right thing to do. Well, I agree with that. And hopefully you'll be back soon. Speaking of Megan McCain, would you ever, I mean, I know you're a little busy now with lots of other things, including Ronnie. Would you ever join The View if they reached out to you to join? You know, the, the View is, is, is an institution. I mean, I am an old school Barbara Walters, you know, 2020 fan. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an incredible platform. I guess the short answer is um, that would be something I would be extremely excited to have a conversation about because 
the topics on there are are so important. I think the the conversation of people that do have different points of view. And David, here's the hard part, right? The ability to sit with one another's perspectives without sitting to respond, but sitting to listen. Going back to that skill we learn in law school, the ability to listen and not just only be stuck in your argument, but be open to just some level of fluidity in your thinking, in your unconscious bias. So I think all of those things are pretty unique opportunities on a platform like The View and, and could be interesting. Well, see, this is why you're perfect for it. You understand that you kind of just have to sit there and listen sometimes and wait mm-hmm. before you give your own opinion. Mm-hmm. We saw on the show also that you went through, which many people went through, a COVID breakup. And I know that you've mentioned you hired a matchmaker in yep. real life now. So, yep. I mean, how's that going, Ebony? Are you still single? Well, I have a date tonight, David, since Inquiring Minds want to know. Um, I, I have hired a really great matchmaker. I feel very good about our work together. This is the first time in my life I've done such a thing. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Here's the thing. I, I came out of my engagement during COVID, as you mentioned. It was devastating because I really, you know, I'm, I'm not 25, you know, <laughs> I'm closer to 40. And I'm ready for that phase of life. Finally, you know, I'm ready. I've been married before in my late 20s. It was a disaster. I I was a terrible wife. I was not ready for partnership or really considering and prioritizing anybody but me. And now I finally am, you know, I'm finally really clear on the value of family, doing life with someone, prioritizing someone other than me. And I want that. And I want to be a good wife and I want to be a great mom. And I thought it was going to be with my ex-fiance and I was really committed to that. And for various reasons, that wasn't to be. And so now here I am and I said, I need to do something different to get something different, right? Like in in any other form of my life, I'm so type A, as I'm sure you can tell, I am a make it happen type of gal. You know, it's, I wanted to be at this law firm. I showed up, no appointment, no interview, knocked on the firm door, made up an appointment time, got the interview, got the job. Like that's literally how I got in my first firm. I am so kind of like balls to the wall, so to speak, for lack of a better term. But when it comes to love, I don't do that. You know, I get so shy and passive is the word, you know, and I just don't think that passivity served me. So I bit the bullet. I wrote the check. It was not a small check. Um, (laughs) And I hired one of the best in the business. And I have my very first date tonight. I have another date tomorrow night with a different gentleman. Um, And I'm really excited about this process. And I'm, I'm excited because I'm being extremely open. You know how we all like kind of have our type and guys that we think are what we're, what we need, what we're looking for. You know, I'm finally open to listening. Here's that word again, to a professional who's less emotionally invested and kind of a little more practically invested in me seeking my relationship goals. And all of that to say, I'm very, as you can tell, I'm very excited. It's very different. You know, I'm very type A. I'm used to being in the driver's seat, but I have relinquished the reins to my brilliant matchmaker and I will keep you posted on our journey. Please do. Are you on besides the matchmaker? I'm totally the same way as you. I'm type A balls to the wall. I will make shit happen professionally, personally. It's not even like I'm scared. I'm just so passive. I'm like, whatever. I'm too busy. So maybe I need a matchmaker, but I'll let you know how it goes. Seriously, (laughs) Are these blinds? Like, do you not see the person? Is it truly like that? Or you actually see a picture first? 
most of the guys you get like a little, like a one sheet, if you will. Right. With just some basics, not too much. Cause I told her like, I don't like, I just let me see the vibe. A, I trust you. So that's important, right? Don't hire a matchmaker. You don't really implicitly trust their judgment. Once I said I was into her judgment, you know, you know what I want. We had like two hours debriefing about it. Go procure, you know, go curate. So I get like a one sheet with some basics and normally a photo, but sometimes she was like, listen, there might be some guys I send you where you don't get a picture. I'm asking you to trust me. Every single guy I send to you wants to be married, wants at least one child and has the ability to form an incredible partnership with you. And that's, I mean, what more can I ask for? So nothing. Are you on any of the dating apps also? So not now, but I have been on them before. So like when I first moved to New York, you know, I did like, oh, but this was like early Tinder, which, you know, and I do have friends, by the way, that have gotten married off of Tinder, like literally hand to God. And they wow. one of them had a baby like six months ago. So I do know that that can work. Um, I used to be on the league. Um, I never got into Raya, Raya, whatever the fuck it was called. Fuck them. Um, and then, <laughs> I think you would get in now. Ebony. I think I would get in now. Yeah. But it's like, whatever. They didn't want me when I was at Fox news. Fuck them. Um, <laughs> uh, And yeah, I do know people that it works for. I just think sometimes on the apps, it's hard to weed out, David, people that just want to connect and have fun and date. And I don't mean just casual sex. I mean, just date versus I'm not looking for a boyfriend. I've had a wonderful array of boyfriends. I'm looking for a husband, you know? And so I think there is something to be said for like only even going on dates with people that have that same independent um, intrinsic goal. I would agree with that. I know you said you don't have a type, but like, well, I mean, you do, but now you're abroad. But like, if you had to look at Hollywood, like just who comes to mind as like your physical type? Uh, Just, well, I will say physical and intellectual type, probably Trevor Noah. Okay. I see that. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I don't know him though. I don't like, he's a good guy or I don't know anything like, like, I don't know anything like that. He might be a fucking asshole, but I just know in terms of physical and, someone that really like thinks deeply and is like really interested in like the intellectual discourse, like a little Trevor Noah vibe would probably be interesting. I'm loving that. I have two final questions before we wrap up. Have you heard from anyone like, you know, Rihanna is slipping into like Heather Gay's like DMs and she loves Karen Huger. You say this is the sorority of housewives. Yeah, I love Karen Huger too. Um, so I not yet, but who knows what's in my inbox, David? Because I literally haven't checked in a week, and I have my assistant is monitoring my accounts just to make sure like all those super super nasty things are deleted. But and she asked me that she's like, "Do you want me to respond to these DMs?" I was like, "No, nah, let, let me just be surprised when I come back from my hiatus in another week or so." So we'll see. Maybe I've got some. Some re-re up in my DMs. I hope so, because she's amazing. I was going to say, if she's in there, please do respond. <laughs> yes, I, mean, I keep Rihanna on red. <laughs> listen, just make her wait a week, Ebony, and then, you know. <laughs> so funny. Then she'll really want a piece of you. What about, this is my final question, like, as we watch, like, the rest of the season, like, what do you want people to take away from Ebony K. Williams? Like, what do you want people to say at the end of the season? Like, they've learned about you and know about you. I love that question. I want people to say, David, that Ebony did it her way. I did it on my terms. I did it my way. When I say did it, I came into this franchise. 
I was insistent upon one thing and one, well, two things. A, that I would be 1000% my authentic self, which is for some people and not for others. And I fully respect and receive that. And I don't actually take that personally. Number two, whatever relationships I have or don't have with these women by the end of this season is honest, is authentic. I get that some fans have an expectation that new housewives, newbies, rookies, whatever the fuck you want to call us, are supposed to come on and try to make friends with the existing housewives. I don't subscribe to that. What I subscribe to is as rookies, newbies, what we need to do and are accountable to is to come in with authentic intention to create real bonds. Some of those bonds are like what happened with, you know, me and Sonia, where we just end up in love with each other and just like goo goo gaga. And it's like so wonderful. Some of those bonds are like Leah and myself, which is it it was the most innate, natural thing in the world. Didn't even have to try at it. And then there's like a relationship like I have with Ramona. And I kind of call us in some ways the odd couple. You know, we fuss, we fight, Well, not even fight. We just disagree There's probably nothing that we have in common around, you know, politics or any of these other issues. But as just women, when you strip it of that, there's all this shit we have in common. And there's like, we we have the same exact measurement. So you'll see later this season, like we literally sometimes wear the same exact outfit. It's really cute. Um, And even when we're wearing the exact same outfit, we go toe to toe. And then there's still respect and there's still love. And then there's like, you know, Lou and I, which you know, remains a journey, to be honest. It remains in active pursuit of a destination. Um, and, you know, only time will tell where Lou and I end up. But the, what I want people to take at the end is I did it my way. I did it on my terms. I did it a thousand percent honestly and authentically. And that was really my, um, my mandate to myself. And really, there's nothing more viewers could ask for. You can see that. And like, I don't know where the fuck Bravo found you, but like, Aww. thank God they did. Cause like that authentic, like that authenticity is like, it's, that's it. That's everything someone could want as a viewer. So coming from someone who like really knows this world like you do, that, that means an incredible amount. So thank you. And I, this is all sincere. I'm like, you very sincere. It's not, I'm not kissing your ass just because you're here today. Like that comes across. And the fact that you're even saying that now is just like, I bow down. So it's great. Well, this was so fun. And now I'll keep you posted on the dates because I'm, I'm intrigued myself. I haven't been on a date in like four years. So good luck. Please do keep (laughs) me posted and you need to give me this matchmaker's name if it works out. And where can everyone find you online before we go? Yes. um, In about a week, I'll be back. Um, But in the meantime, feel free to DM me and I'll put you in queue behind Rihanna um, (laughs) uh, on Ebony K. Williams, E-B-O-N-I-K Williams on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Amazing. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for doing this and please keep in touch. You're a delight. I will. Thank you, David. Talk soon, love. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. 
because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you, guys. See you soon.